Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so happy to be here today with Barbie Ingle, who is the, is it editor of iPain Magazine? I am. I am the print editor. Print editor. Yes. And she's a very, very interesting person and has a, a little bit different take on the things that we've been talking about before. So welcome, Barbie. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. I'm so glad to be here. It's, it's uh, wonderful to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about your happiness? <laughs> yes, that? that's great. Um, I love to talk about happiness. I also talk about grief too, so we'll get mm-hmm. to that. But for me, happiness comes from inside of me and I choose to be happy for some time in my life, maybe like through part of high school, part of college. I tried to look to others for happiness. And then after I graduated college and I began coaching at a university, my student athletes would come to me and be like, coach, I'm doing this for you. And I'd say, no, your happiness is in you. It's not something that I give you or, or I can take away from you. It's something that is within yourself. It's in mine is in me. Yours is in you. And um, I try to teach that as a coach to say, look, you can be depressed, but you can take that and choose to use actions to turn it around and, and be happy. There is times for sadness and everybody has different ways of grieving and doing that type of thing. But the same should go for the happiness, the positivity and the, the things that are that are living in your life so that you're not just sliding through life being a human being, but you become a human doer. For me, that is happiness is doing activities. People are like, Oh, what is, what gift do you want? Like, I don't have to have a gift spending time with you or doing an activity together, playing bingo or going to look at art. Those are gifts to me. And that's where my happiness comes from is me being able to do things and having those experiences when I get to have them. I love that. What a, a wonderful way to frame that. It's that. So many times people think that they can't be happy if they're dealing with grief or loss. That it, it, it can't happen at the same time. And that I think it's why I do, well, I know it's why I do what I do, because I want people to see that they don't have to be miserable their whole lives, that they, they can bring happiness into their own lives. Absolutely. So, so tell me about grief and how that relates to your happiness. For me, grief has come in different forms and sometimes it's, it's better. Sometimes it's worse. When I lost my dad, I was really depressed and grief stricken for a few years to get through that process. When I lost my mom, and my grandmother, it was sad, but it wasn't to the same depth and level as losing my dad in my life. But my dad and I had worked on a book together about um, life lessons that, that we learned through stories, telling stories about our family going five generations. Wow. 
of people in our family and talking about their stories and what they had gone through. So some are happy, some are sad. Um, but one of the things to get through that deepest grief that I had was when he passed away, we sat down as a family with, we had, there's 14 of us left living and we sat down together and read the book to each other, took turns oh. reading from different uh, stories. And it was our way to process that grief and, and get through that grief. Uh, whereas, you know, when, when my mom died and my grandparents died, it was a lot different for me for, for whatever reason, the, the level that, that we were in, in life, losing friends has, has also filled me with grief, but it hasn't lasted as long as the grief with my father. Although, like you said, we were able to find happiness and purpose and meaning in those stories that we had com compilated into this book. And we really made the book for my nieces and nephews and their children in the future. But we ended up putting it out to, to the public for sale. For us, it turned into a tool that the family used to help us through that grief. And I think that was like the biggest loss. Although um, my husband's father just passed away about a month ago from COVID and mm -hmm. emphysema. And that was pretty tough as well because my husband and I had to be separated from the COVID and going through the grief of losing his father while he was staying at his father's house. Mm -hmm that caused a lot of emotions and grief and sadness that he's like, I just can't escape, but it wasn't safe for him to come home and be with me because of my health challenges. So it was what we had to do and endure and get through separated and only literally having a phone because his dad didn't have internet or computer or anything. So all we had was, was our voices to get us through that grief. And we're still processing that now and, and working our way through it. Wow. You brought up a couple of very interesting things. The, the separation because of COVID yeah. uh, is something that, that people are dealing with now that they never had to deal with before. So they haven't thought about it or have any mechanisms to help them through. And with only having a phone, at least you had a phone. It was wonderful. Yeah. You could have the phone. Absolutely. It would have been so isolating for both of us in, in those days and moments, especially right after when you have to make all those decisions and everyone, the, the extended family is like, when's the memorial? When's the this? When's the that? And we're like, we haven't even processed this grief. Do you understand like what we just seen and witnessed and been through and, and we can't even do it together as husband and wife. So it, it was a little bit of pressure from extended family, but at the same time, everybody experiences grief different and they were trying to have their own experience and wanted answers now and wanted to be a part of the, the dying process and be okay with what was happening. But with COVID, we just don't have, like you said, we don't have those tools and, and abilities in place to, to get through it as we did with people who passed away prior to COVID. That's right. And I, I hadn't thought about that angle of it so much before, but it's it's so different. I have have talked to people who have not been able to like visit their loved ones in the hospital or go into the hospital with them. Which, I don't know about you, but I've seen in emergency rooms these giant, especially here on Hawaii, giant families. If, if grandma comes to yeah. the hospital, a whole family's there, and yes. generally they all come in and out of the room, and the people are just beside themselves because they can't do what they think that they really need to do. Mm -hmm. 
it's really difficult. And for for instance, with with his father's passing just recently, the week before he got sick, there was no visitors at the hospital. And then the week of, they said um, one patient can have one visitor once a day. So if you leave, you can't give part of your time to somebody else. And if you Mm -hmm. don't take the whole time, you can't come back in. So you have to go and be there. And then he went on to the ventilator and the rules at the hospital changed and they let Ken and his brother go in to, and even like some, like some of our nephews and extended family were able to go in and spend a little bit of time. So the rules changed even in, during the process, the rules were changing around you, which is again, when you're experiencing that kind of grief and losing your parent or losing a child, it's really difficult when outside forces are pushing on you that, no, this is how you're going to have to grieve and you have to fit it into our box for not just the patient safety, but all the other patients around safety. And um, so they did get to have that experience where they got to go in when they took him off the ventilator, they got to go in and say goodbye, even though they had been saying goodbye each day, it was their final goodbye. And they got to have that time and and do that. Although my husband also had COVID at the time. So him and I couldn't be around each other. So yeah, it it was tough. It's, it's been a tough month. Is he still sick with the COVID or is he? He seemed to get better and he, um, he was able to get a different treatment than his dad, him and his brother both had COVID with along with his dad. Oh, wow. They got a different treatment than his father. His father passed away. They didn't. So again, that brings on a whole nother grief of like, did I try enough? Did, should we have fought? Where should we have fought? At what point, you know, you start second guessing the, the choices and decisions on top of the sadness. And, but he actually got better. And then this past Saturday, a couple, two days ago, he started getting sick again. So, oh, wow. but now he's home with me. So he's in another room where we're trying to stay as isolated as we can, but we don't have another place to send him to unless we pay for a hotel. But I don't know if you can get COVID twice, like that fast, you know, especially when you have antibodies and everything else in your system. So we don't know what exactly he's sick with now, but it could be another variant of COVID or it could just be a respiratory virus of some other sort. Yeah, there's there's so many unanswered things that, yeah. that go with this COVID thing because it, it could be, I've heard of people that get it and don't quite get over it. And then it seems like they got it again when they actually didn't get rid of it the first time. It just, they got a little better and then they got worse. Exactly. So. But he he got better. He was testing positive. Then he tested negative. So he had a while where he was testing negative. He went to try to get tested today, but there was no testing available right now. So they told him to try back in a, in a day or two. Oh, like, gee. That doesn't make sense, but that's what they're doing. But th- then I think of times like when I was a child, I had a classmate die in elementary school and experiencing grief as a child was so much different than what we do and process as an adult. And the the boy was actually in my sister's class and he had a, a form of blood cancer and, and he, they, you know, the, all the adults knew he was going to pass, but the kids didn't know. And my sister had come to school with a cold and he died like the next few days later. And so my sister for years thought that ger- her germs killed him. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> 
but going through that as a child and how we perceive it and get through it makes a difference in, in how we perceive and see things as adults as well. And then I lost a couple of boyfriends. One was drinking and driving and one knew he was too drunk and asked somebody else to drive. And he ended up being killed on that drive home anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I face it, you know, as a, as an elementary school child, as a young adult, just graduating high school. And then, you know, with my grandparents and parents and, and then also a lot of pain patients that have just not felt like they're getting the care they need here on earth that have decided to, to pass themselves on not realizing the grief and guilt and pressure that that puts on us as, mm-hmm. as a survivor. And as someone who's still here on, on earth in this realm, trying to live and, and be an active participating human. So yes. yeah, I've, I've had to face it for many different situations in my life and, and, have processed it so differently each time. Maybe I'm evolving Mm -hmm. in how I process it, or it may be just because I'm getting older. And so I see more of what life is and understand health and well-being and different reasons for passing and things that I didn't understand as a child. Yeah, I, I was thinking when you were talking about the difference between when your dad died and when your mom and, and grandparents died, that there was a different response to them. And I was I was thinking in, in my case, when my dad died, it was very sudden. And so it was it was shocking. Yes. And I I think I had a harder time dealing with that than with my mom, who had a inoperable brain tumor. And so and she she stayed with us most of the time that I, it was kind of gradual. I didn't think about that. I'm sorry for your loss. My mom passed away and we knew she was passing away and everybody said their goodbyes. And with my dad, we always knew that he could pass away. And we always said, always say what you want to say in life when you have the person there with you. Mm-hmm. So I never left anything unsaid. It was always on the table. So I do feel like I, he knows I loved him to the fullest that I could. And I know he loved me to the fullest he could. So I do have that closure. But a couple of days before he died, his phone, home phone line was cut. Mm. And I just, I had a feeling when I heard that the construction company working on the house next to his accidentally cut his phone line. And I said, we got to make sure that he has some way to call 911. And we can see on his cell phone that he tried to call 911, but the call never went through or they didn't understand him. So they didn't know how to help him or where to go because he couldn't speak. Oh, wow. And so um, it was traumatic. And he literally got in his car and tried to drive almost two miles to my brother's house. He wrecked the car a couple of times on the way there. He made it to his driveway when my brother happened to come out of the house. It was very traumatic. And he died in my brother's arms unexpectedly. Wow. And like I said, I had that feeling a couple of days beforehand of like, have him stay at your house, do something. Dad's not going to be okay. And it's just a feeling, right? Like he's perfectly fine. Why are you saying these things? But then this happens and it's like, I knew it was going to happen. Why didn't I do something? And it's kind of maybe how Ken and my husband and his brother feel right now. We got to get this treatment, but we didn't fight hard enough for dad to get it. 
Mm-hmm. And he had more years in him and we lost him. So it, it definitely, that absolutely probably <laughs> plays a role in losing my parents or my, my mom and my grandparents versus losing my dad where we were not ready or expecting it. They actually said he's doing better than ever. He's had the, like the best day because his birthday was a few days before that. And I was like, should I come out for his birthday? And they're like, he's doing great. There's no need. And I, I now wish I had gotten on the plane and, and gone. So definitely, I think the grief comes in for knowing that my regret isn't that I didn't tell him I love him or he didn't know because I know and he knew. It was that I didn't take those last living moments with him when I felt like it could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but you can't always act on an impulse of, oh, I feel like something bad's going to happen, so I should go do it. It definitely did cause a lot of hardship and grief and inner soul searching for many, for a few years, I couldn't talk about him without crying. Now I have turned it into happy, positive. Oh, remember when I did this with dad? Remember when I got to experience that with mom and, Oh, grandma was so funny when this happened with the muffins. Like it's something I can look back on now and have a positive, happy memory from the sadness and grief that came out of their passing. That's so important when you can find that, that the people that get it stuck in the not being able to forgive themselves for something that they thought they should have done that, that they really didn't know at the moment. They might have had a, a feeling, but they didn't necessarily know that they really needed to act that moment. And then they beat themselves up for a long time and have, have a real challenge with that. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad that you found the good good in this. With <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, one thing is I use hope. Like Mm -hmm. for me, people say like their glass, you talk about happiness. My glass is always full. The part you can't see is hope. And if people start thinking about it like that, they have things that fill up their glass sometimes. So it looks like their glass is so full of all these things that they're doing in life. But there's always a little bit of air left at the top. For me, that air represents hope. And sometimes I don't have a lot of good, positive, happy things going on in my life. And my cup seems to be empty. And that's when I have the most hope. Wow. What a beautiful way to put it. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I tried to, I try to remind myself of that and that I am more than the one thing I, I can be happy and sad at the same time. I can laugh and be on the verge of crying at the same time. And sometimes it's so funny. I'm laughing. I'm crying from the happiness. And sometimes it's so sad that I try to remember the positive happiness to get through the sad time. Yeah. But that hope is always there, even if there's just a glimmer. Yeah, hope makes all the difference. When when you don't have hope, then it's like, why bother? You know, that's that's when people run into trouble. Yeah. I love how you told about writing the book with your dad, because writing is is one of the main things that I do to help people with dealing with their grief is is showing them different ways they can write and different things that they can write. And the way you not only wrote the book, but then spent that time together as a family to share it and enjoy it. That's so special. And then to have the future generations have it, that they can look back on it and see what that is. Absolutely. It it really, it was a way of like practicing peace. (laughs) And, and you you know, when you're, when you're in the grief and it's overwhelming you or overcoming you, having it, that sense of peace and that hope is so important. And like I said, a, a small, the smallest glimmer of hope gets you through, but also the peace of knowing 
it is what it is. And I I have this tool. And I even tried with, with my husband's parents. I was like, look, I got to do this book with my dad. I don't think I'm going to write another book with, with you, but I would like to do like a legacy video or something. And I got to interview my mother-in-law. She's still living, thank goodness. But I, I got to interview her and I made it for Christmas. I made it into a video that is kind of like the book I made with my dad. It took the highlights of her life and and all the things that she talked about and shared about how you know she uh, met their fathers and my husband's dad and and how you know her life went and what she thought she was going to do and what she ended up doing and what the little farmhouse she grew up on all these things about her life and put it into this video and I know that when she does pass one day we'll have that video and I. Again, I, I begged my father-in-law, please do this video with me, it, you know, and there was parts of his life like Vietnam that he just didn't want to talk about. And I said, if you don't want to talk, answer it, just say pass. I won't take offense. I just want to have something documented for you. And he just never was comfortable with doing that. And I think that that would help his sons and their, my nephews get through some of their grief, but he just wasn't ready to do that here on earth. So, but they'll be reunited in heaven one day. The the whole, the war thing is interesting because I know so many people won't talk about their experiences at all. And I keep thinking if if more people would talk about their experiences and maybe we'd be less likely to get ourselves into a situation like that again. Right. And I think it's, it comes down to like a living grief. Mm-hmm. So we it talks a lot about losing people in that grief, but there can be grief in your life of losing the things that you had. When I, I have chronic pain and I have multiple rare diseases. And when I was trying to get diagnosed and going through under treatment, over treatment, mistreatment, the whole process, that was grief, grief of all the things I lost. I was a head coach at a university. I owned my own cheer and dance training company. I had been mm-hmm. married for 10 years and everything fell apart around me to the point of food stamps and needing help and not knowing what I was going to do. And the grief of all of that loss that I had to live with, that living grief is so different than the grief of losing somebody. And one of the, the, I went to counseling and one of the counselors had me do an exercise that I am a principal. And he had me write down all the I am's and at first, I, all I could think of, I couldn't write anything down because everything was negative and I didn't want to be known for a page of negatives. And he, you know, he got me started with, I am spiritual. And that helped me see that I am is not what I do. It there's, I am positive. I am cheerful. I, I am conscientious. You know, there's so many things in life that I am. I'm joyful and writing down my, I am's at first, like I said, for days, I couldn't write anything down. And by the time I got into his office, I had about 50. By the time I left his office, I had about 75. And now I have about 150. And when I'm having a, a moment of grief or a, a really hard time, especially with my health, I go back and look at my I am list and say, look, I am all these things. And I might not be all of them in this moment, but these are all a part of me. And they're all just as valid as the next. So yes, I can be depressed at the same time that I am happy. And there can be different levels of that. And and 
they mean different things to me and I can choose to focus on more positive aspects of life and what's happening and make my way through the grief of, of what you experience while you're living through something that's a challenge. I love that. Um, I, it reminds me of when I was dealing with grief was when my first husband died, that somebody told me to write a, a gratitude list and I told them they were crazy. Right? Like, so, yeah, my husband died. I don't have anything to be grateful for. Yeah. But once I started doing it, it changed my world. Yeah. I, I started recognizing that everything wasn't gloom and doom and horrible and sad where that's what I was kind of feeling before I started doing that. But I, I love the I am uh, idea of doing the whole I am list. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I hope some of your listeners do as well. It, it really has changed my life and helped me refocus on the positives and understand that the longer I live, the more loss I'm going to have, but also the more wins I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's taught me to celebrate the, the little things in life. And even if it's only as a little sparkle of something in my life, it's still part of who I am. And it's who I am is not tied to my job or who my husband is. God had somebody better for me in, in place. So, <laughs> but it, it literally was rebuilding my life and seeing going through that living grief to get to where I am today. To, to be able to live a more fulfilling, happy life. But it was a choice that I had to make in each day deciding, okay, I, I might have this moment where I need to experience the grief that I'm going through, but that doesn't mean I have to stay in that moment. And I kind of changed time for myself. Instead of living a 24-hour day, I live moment to moment. And some moments are better than other moments, but I recognize this is a moment. So get through it or enjoy it the best way that I can. That That's so perfect. That That's another thing that I'm always talking to people about, you know, living in the moment, because in, in that moment, it's okay. We, when uh, Ron, my last husband who died, was sick for a long time, and that was one of the things we focused on. If one of us started to go down kind of a sad trail at that moment, we would look at the other one and go, so what about this moment you love the most or something like that to bring it back into right now in this moment, we're both alive. <laughs> we're both sitting here together and we made the most of it. And it that made a huge difference for me. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It, and that, that is the, those are the tools in life that we should hang on to and, and participate more in and, and know that those tools are there, that we can spend time. And it's a choice. And we, if you can't physically be there, like with me and my husband recently, you can use the telephone, use other tools of communication, write a gratitude journal. My dad was actually writing down things that he was grateful for every day for a couple of years before he passed away, which we didn't know he was doing, but found once he passed away, we found his list of his, of what he was grateful for each day. And, and he would put at least three things down every day. So that doesn't just help the person as they're living life and trying to make it through, but for the people left behind here on earth, it helps us get through as well. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that because I'm, I'm always encouraging people to write gratitude lists or gratitude journals, but I haven't thought about saying, and, and this can be really good for your family at some point. It absolutely, it absolutely was very helpful with our grief and getting us through. Yes. Wow. How beautiful. Wow. 
I love all that you shared with us today. You've given people a lot to think about and hopefully incorporate into their lives that can can really bring them uh, some comfort, some joy, some bright spots, and make things a little easier on their their path. So I, I really appreciate that. It's very, very beautiful. I appreciate that you invited me on to be part of this. And I think what you're doing is amazing. I think that all of the people listening right now should do a couple of things. One, give you a five-star rating and tell you how awesome you are for what Thank you're you. doing in their lives. And two, go listen to some of the other podcasts because if this was helpful, the other podcasts will be helpful as well. And I know that you guys will get a lot out of it. So if you're listening to this as your first episode, welcome. And if you are, please go listen to some of the other podcasts. They're great. And let Emily know by leaving a message or five-star rating that she should continue doing this because it is a great benefit and service to the listeners. And um, we appreciate you, Emily. Wow. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's very unexpected. I I really appreciate that. Um, My whole goal is to to help as many people as I possibly can. And uh, things like that really make a difference. So thank you very much for that. And thank you for being here today and read Barbie's eye pain magazine. It's really fascinating. I've I've, uh, had an opportunity to read it a couple of couple issues now, and I I really, really enjoy it. So you can learn learn a lot. (laughs) You're you're in in the winter 2021 issue or sorry, winter 2022 issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So check it out in, uh, and also check out the rest of of the podcast that, that Emily's doing because This is very helpful, especially if you're going through a lot of grief to talk and share and have that community around what you're going through. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate you. And links to Barbie will be in the show notes so that you can check out anything you'd like to about her and get in touch with her. She's quite a miraculous person, and and I'm, I'm just honored to have her here as a guest. So. Thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you at my next podcast. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.